0: Beautiful. Thank you, Ron, and praise team. Ooh, I got the chills. How about you? Amen. (laughs) I got the Holy Ghost chills. Woo! I can only imagine. It's going to be beautiful. Amen. We have a little piece of heaven here on earth when we come together and we worship the Lord, and he comes in into our presence, and it's so wonderful. But when we see him face to face, how glorious it's going to be. Amen. What are we going to do? Bow down, praise him, fall on our face. But uh, he's got such love. I heard that he has such love in his eyes that he just captures you. And he knows all about you, and you want to know about him. And there's a relationship and an interchange that only he can give us because he loves us, he made us, he created us. And he's with us always, even until the end of time. Amen? And and I I think about, you know, we're going to be with him forever and never be bored. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I know when I go on vacation, after a couple of weeks, I go, okay, let's go home. Okay, that's enough of this traveling around. Let's go home. But you're never that way when you're in heaven. It's like it's always continually enjoying His presence, learning more about Him every day, forever. Amen? There's so many parts of the Lord that we don't even know, but He's going to show it to us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So God gave us an imagination. Did you know that? To use for good and not for evil. But what are we doing? Sometimes the Bible says that a man's heart is evil even since it was born. We have to control and regulate our thinking our imagination for his glory. So we're going to learn today how to do that and where people use uh, imagination in the Bible, some for good and some for evil. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We ask you, Lord, that you would just speak to us through my mouth, through my heart, that you would speak to your people to give them glorious things that they can remember to be better Christians towards you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first known case of imagination... Guess where it was? Right there in the Garden of Eden with Eve. How did that happen? The devil came and tempted and deceived her and said, You know, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So Eve contemplated it, started thinking about it, started imagining. Hmm, be like God. Oh, that would be kind of nice, huh? They were already like God. They already made in his image. But the devil... Made that? Did the devil make him? No, he suggested. He put an imagination. Now, I don't know how long it took, a day, a two, two days, a week. I don't know. But you know how it is when you get a thought in your head and you start thinking about it a little bit more and more and more, and then all of a sudden it becomes uh, an imagination, and then if it gets too strong, it becomes a stronghold, and you can't let go of it. Right. You know that pumpkin pie that's in the refrigerator? <laughs> and you're in bed... And your mind starts going, hmm, I can only imagine (laughs) what it would be like to see that thing just slide down me. Oh, I can't, I'll just go to sleep and, no, I can't sleep. I've got to get up and get it. It's only, (laughs) so what happened was Eve, she said, oh, I look, the food is pleasant to the sight and, and, and good for food. And if it'll make me be like God, I'm going to eat it. And bam, she made the mistake. And boy, what a mistake. Now, it's it's amazing how our minds can do great things. You can go to Paris, France, have lunch, go over to Rome, watch the Colosseum, look at the Colosseum, and get back home in two minutes. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Your mind can go anywhere it wants. It can do anything. Sometimes you look at something or someone, and you imagine, and you have to, boop. Bring yourself back into reality. Wait a minute. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. You have a choice to think about what you want to think. You, you. Some people say, "Well, my mind is just running." No, 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 no. You, you can c- capture your mind and bring it into subjection to what you want it to think. Did you know that? Yes. You, you, you just can't. Sometimes, well, one. One preacher said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from landing on you and staying with you. Amen? So if you get a bad thought, you say, Well, no, I cast that down in the name of Jesus. Because if you don't cast it down, it becomes a stronghold, and you, it's very hard to get rid of. So we cast down imaginations. So we bring every thought into subjection because we don't want it to be a stronghold. Praise God. Now, here's another case. Of somebody using their imagination. It's the Tower of Babel. You know that story? Yes. God told the people after Noah's ark, go and replenish the earth and multiply. And they said, we don't wanna do that. We wanna just stay together. Let's look at it in Genesis chapter 11. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. So we don't want to be scattered. We want to hang together. And so uh, they see two acts of disobedience here. First, they didn't obey what God wanted them to do. And they were being prideful. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want want to be known as the in crowd. (laughs) I'm in with the in crowd. All right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and I have another song that fits in here. You know that song, Just My Imagination, Running Away With Me. You're, you, you have to grab your imagination and bring it into the captivity. So the Tower of Babel. Now, here's what the Lord said. The Lord said in verse 6, Behold, the people is one. And that's not bad grammar. He just said they're all together. They have all one language language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have what imagine. imagine to do. How about us? We have the Lord on our side. Whatever we do collectively, together, if our minds are together, we will accomplish whatever we imagine that we want to have happen. We want to have this church full. We want to see newcomers come to the Lord. We want to see people healed. We, want to, uh, we are imagining what God will do with us. Praise the Lord. Now, it's hard to get people in one accord. Did you know that? Have you ever tried to get your family to decide on where you want to go to eat? Well, let's do Mexican. No, no, I, I don't want to do Mexican. I did Mexican yesterday. Well, what about Italian? I, I just don't like Italian, you know. How can anybody not like Italian? I don't understand that. My, my son, when, we, when, we were, uh, when he was young, we would feed him uh, spaghetti, and, and he, didn't, he didn't like the spaghetti. He didn't like the sauce. And we told my mom, Mom, I, I don't, they, he doesn't like the sauce. What, what kind of sauce are you giving him? Mom, we're giving him ragu. He said, well, of course. He's not going to eat ragu. He's Italian. He's not going to eat ragu. So he would eat it with butter and cheese, and he would be happy. He still does it to this day. He doesn't eat sauce. But anyway, and he's, he's fully Italian. But We have to be in one accord, like it says in Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So that's what people even say about our church. There's such a unity and a peace and one accord amongst us. There's no fighting. There's no bickering. There's no backbiting. And if there is, we address it and say, okay, let's straighten this out. Because we want peace. We want the Prince of Peace to preside over us. Now, the Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians 1, 27. I'm praying that I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Praise the Lord. We have to be together. We have to work together. And I'm so thankful. I see how we work together in in all the activities that we have. Everybody's doing their part. And it goes so smoothly. I, I really enjoyed watching the watermelon eating contest. If you saw that. We didn't think anybody was going to sign up or do it. And the kids got in there, and they were chomping away. And we videoed it, and they were biting and chomping away. And it was such a beautiful sight to see everybody working together. And Cecilia and Ashley took charge, and they cut the, the slices so big <laughs> that the, the kids' stomachs were hurting. But they were there doing the best they can. So now when anybody wants something done, you have to use your imagination right any time you create something or invent something you have to imagine it first is that not right so who is the most famous sculptor that was ever that ever lived anybody have a my italian collection right here knows kim knows she's world evangelist yes the, the, the Statue David by Michelangelo. Now, I actually saw it in Florence, Italy. And uh, I was touring around when I was a young man, about 20 years old. And, you know, I wasn't much into art, you know, sculptures, painting. But I was in a, a, a pizzeria. And the lady said, have you seen the David in the church? I go, no, that's not for me. Um, I, I thought it would just be like a life-size statue. I go, well, I, I really don't want to see that. She says, no, 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 go, 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 go. All right, so I went in there, and I want to tell you, it took my breath away. It was so—it was 17 feet high on a nine-foot pedestal, and the details, let's look at it. It's, it's amazing how he was able to sculpt. Now, this is marble. He got a chisel and a mallet and chipped away and created this. Amazing. But you know what he said? Michelangelo said, when I look at a block of marble, I don't look at a block of marble. I look at... What's inside? I look at the statue that could come out of it. Amen? When God looks at us, he doesn't look at us the way we are. He looks at Jesus that's on the inside of us, and he wants to draw that out. And how does he do that? He chisels away all the things that are not of God. All the selfishness, the anger, the hurts, the pain. I'm chiseling it away to make you look like Jesus. Amen? So he imagines for us. Now, this statue weighs 12,000 pounds. Can you imagine that? And here's the amazing thing. It was rejected by other architects and other sculptors. They said, it's too weak, and we just can't really make it work. And Michelangelo says, I can make it work. Some of us have been rejected by the world. Come on, talk to me. Some of us people have said, uh, some people have gotten a divorce. The husband said, I don't want to live with you anymore. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't feel the love anymore. Well, love is not a feeling. We know that, right? We're going to find that out in our 40-year anniversary celebration, that, you know, we don't always feel in love, but we make a commitment to each other, to God and to each other, that we're going to work this thing out. Amen? We can't go by feelings. Now, how about these guys? Orville and Wilbur Wright, did they have an imagination? They thought, we could build an airplane, we could make it fly. And a lot of skeptics, what did they say? If man was supposed to fly, God would have given him wings. Wings. So these guys tried it. Look at these guys here. They didn't get off the ground. No, they didn't get off the ground. But (laughs) Orville and Wilbur Wright. First of all, those are bad names to have, isn't it? Orville and Wilbur. (laughs) Well, Orville and Wilbur, please stand up. It's like, oh, man, who are these guys? Now, they weren't the best in their class. In fact, they didn't even finish high school. Can you imagine that? But they had a desire and they had an imagination to be able to see something. And they didn't. This wasn't their first try. When they when they were successful, they had some failures. They had some crashes, and they went into a wind tunnel. And after 200 attempts, here's what they got off the ground. They had they had a desire and they had the imagination to see it work. Are there some things in your life that you failed at and haven't worked? time and time again, but you know that God put it in your heart to do. Amen. I can remember the first time, uh, not it, was, it wasn't the first time, but one time I did a funeral and I was at the graveside and I was supposed to do the Our Father. And all of a sudden in the middle of the Our Father, I, I, I blanked out. I, I couldn't remember the words. I mean, Our Father, I've said it a million times. And so the our choir director had to fill in for me and she finished it out. And I went like, Oh, I was so embarrassed. I went into my office, and I looked up, and I said, Lord, maybe I'm not cut out for this. But I said, I can't go by that. I can't b- go by one mistake or one failure. And so I asked one of uh, a leading uh, preachers, I said, have you ever, like, f- felt that way? He said, no. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not helping me. <laughs> But I didn't care. I said, the Lord has put it in my heart. I imagine that I'm going to be able to do what I'm supposed to do. And I kept on going. Praise the Lord. Now, let's, let's bring it back home to us. What are you imagining? And where do you get your imagination from? It's whatever you surround yourself with, whatever you put your mind to, whatever your desires are, that's where your imaginations come from. If you sleep at night and you wake up and you have a dream... It's kind of like your subconscious speaking to you. And you'll find out where your heart is. And maybe it's not all the way into the Lord. So I, I, one minister said when he dreams, he dreams that he's preaching. I go, oh, I want, I, want, I want that. To be so encompassed about with the word of God and the desire to minister to others that when you sleep, you dream about it, you think about it. And that's what you have to do. Whatever you want in your life, you, you surround yourself with it. Things that are not of God, you, you don't do it. You don't watch the things that will draw you down. I know my wife and I, after a couple of years, we looked at some shows and we go like, these are not of God. We, why are we watching these shows? Why are we putting that into our mind? Why are we putting that into our imagination? We have to be pure of thought and, and give ourselves totally unto the Lord. Now, here's how it works. Uh, let's look at this slide with the woman with the issue of blood. You know that lady? Yeah. She was, uh, let's, uh, let, me, let me read it. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for how many years? Twelve years. That's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Would you get sick and tired of being sick and tired? She had she suffered many things from many physicians. You ever go to the doctors and they give you the wrong prescription or they don't know what they're doing and you go home and you go, this is not working. Why, why, and then you go back, and the doctor says, oh, they gave you the wrong prescription. You need..." This. So this is what this lady was going on through for 12 years. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Anybody out there? You know, I had, I had, a, little, I had a little mark on my, on my temple here. And, you know, you watch these shows. It was a little brown spot. And you watch these shows, and they say, well, just put a little dab of this on there, and it'll go away in a couple of weeks yeah, little dad will do you, but it didn't do me. <laughs> Finally, I said, what is this? And my wife says, just go have it freezed off. Really? He goes, but they told me that it was going to leave a mark. No, I got, I had one over here. Just freeze it off. I went back to the doctor, to the uh, dermatologist. I said, could you freeze this off? She said, oh yeah, excuse me. Boop. Gone. All this time, this doctor is telling me the wrong information. Amen? But, but you have to know that there's an imagination. I imagine that that thing should not be in there. So when she heard, verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his, the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. What was she doing? Ooh, what was she doing? She was imagining, if I could just... Jo- just touch the hem- I can see it now. if I just touch him, if I can just get to him, I know Jesus is the healer. He, he's healed so many. Now nobody else has touched this garment and got healed this way. She made it up in her own mind, her own imagination. So she reached out, touched him, and Jesus said, "Whoa, virtue has, flown, has come out of me. Who touched me?" And the apostle said, "Well, what do you mean? everybody's thronging against you? How can we tell who touched you?" And he says, "Somebody touched me with the touch of faith." Because she had imagined. The Bible says, if she, she came behind him in the crowd and touched him, for she said, and it's a present continual uh, said, it, she kept saying it over and over, if I can just touch, if I can just touch, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. She was meditating. She was imagining. I can just see it now. And there was a crowd there, but she had to fight her way through. Because if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Praise God. So the way, So you have to have an imagination. You have to see yourself healed. You have to see the word of God is true. You have to take it from the invisible realm, the spiritual realm and drag it into the natural realm. Said, "By his stripes I was healed." Mark 11:24 says, "Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it." It doesn't say you'll have it if you believe if you, you know, you have to believe it first before you have it. Well, how could you believe it first? You have to imagine you have to believe that it's going to happen. And God honors what we are thinking and what we're imagining. He gets in our thought process. Did you know that? Because he said, if you lust after a woman, you've already committed adultery in your heart, in your imagination. And it's just as if you did it in the physical realm. Now, your wife's not going to divorce you, but the Lord is watching and saying, you've already done it. You've, I see it in your heart and in your mind. <laughs> some, some men are laughing. <laughs> That doesn't give you a free course, you know, to just do whatever you want to do. You still have to bridle your mind, praise God. So that's why uh, the Bible says in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above, where Christ dwelleth and sits on the right hand of the Father. And in Ephesians 3.20, let's look at that slide. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. So he says, go on. Just try to think of something exceeding, uh, try to think of something. I'll go exceedingly, abundantly above whichever you can ask or think. But you've got to start first. You've got to start thinking, oh, I'm going to get that house. Oh, I'm going to get that job. Oh, I'm going to be successful. Things are going to go my way. My wife and I were believing for a house for a long time. I thought we were never going to get it. And one time, we were serving. You know, while you're, while you're believing, you should serve. So we were serving in a convention, and we didn't even get into the convention. We were doing the tapes, and we were ministering and running the tapes. And one of the prophets, one of the ministers came out, and he said, are you guys believing for a house? That's what my wife said. (laughs) She went, yes, that's right. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord is preparing a house for you. So we put our for sale sign on our little condo that we had, and we were waiting for the Lord to bring people by, and not one person came by. Not one. I said, a minute, "What? Did, let's go, roll back. What did, what did he say? The Lord is preparing a place for you. He was giving us a heads up that what you're believing for is going to happen, but don't give up. Just keep believing. So we waited one year, and then finally, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, buy your mother-in-law's house. Your wife will be happy with it. And my first reaction was, what about me, huh? What about me? I'm fasting, I'm praying, and he's going to reward my wife. But praise the Lord, all the houses that we've gotten is because she's desired them. So I'm just, a, I'm just the middleman, you know, I'm just, okay, whatever. <laughs> and so we went to her mom and said, do you want to sell the house? And she said, well, not right now. I'm, you know, I'm still working and I, I'm eventually going to move to Oceanside, but I don't want to sell right now. Said, no problem. Because the Lord spoke it. He already prepared it for me. I don't have to make it happen. I'm just imagining we're going to get a house. So two weeks later, she came back. She said, okay, I'm ready to sell. But here's what I need to do. I need to stay here from Monday through Friday, pay you rent, and then I'll go on the weekend to my house in Oceanside, and then that'll be, you know, a good deal. And she sold us for a really reduced price. So I'm making money on the house. I got it discounted. And my wife was happy with it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How, how he works it out when you imagine and believe that he's going to do it. Now, so you can't be just thinking about nothing. Let's look at this guy. He's just, nothing. what are you thinking? Nothing. <laughs> well, you're not going to get anything if you're thinking that way, right? you got to be thinking about something. You have to have a heart and a desire and a faith to believe God. Now, now, here's a scripture. Are you ready for this? <sighs> okay, in John 3, 13, Jesus said this. He said, no one has ascended to heaven. He's talking to Nicodemus. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. Who is he talking about? The Son of Man, me. He said, no one has come down from heaven but me, but I am also right now in heaven. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's here. He came from heaven but yet he's still in heaven. How, how can that be, Don? It's because his mind is thinking about things in the, in the heavenly realms. He's, he's listening to his Father. He's doing those things that the Father has showed him to do. That's the way we got to be. Our mind has, been, has to be in touch with him. Listen for his direction and, and his leading and, and not looking at everything that we're seeing here. And how do you do that? You have to isolate and separate yourself from all these crazy TV shows, all these things on the internet, all the things that dr- draw you away from the things of God because our imagination has to be flowing in heavenly places. Look at, look, let's look at this in 1 Corinthians 2.9. Are you, are you getting all this? 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, It is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, you, you can't even fathom all the things that God has for you. But there's another verse right after. it. But, ha, thank God for the buts in the Bible, isn't it? But, <laughs> God, some people say, you got to, okay, no, I can't say that. But, <laughs> but God has revealed them to us. You know The natural man cannot receive the things of the Lord, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Just like the Lord told us, by the Spirit, you're going to have a house. Don't give up. I had a friend that he was believing for a house, and he told me this way. He says, just put a picture of your house on your refrigerator and just keep thanking the Lord. Well, that was his way, and he got a house. But our way was serving the Lord. Every, you know, Let the Lord direct you. I has not seen nor ear heard. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. God is not withholding any good thing from us. He wants to give to us. But you have to ask Him, okay, Lord, what do I do? How do I act? Where do I go? Direct me. Guide me. Speak to me. Praise God. So we have to have uh, uh, an imagination. Okay, I'm winding down here. I'm getting excited because look at, look at this in Hebrews 4, 16. We have to be thinking... Our, uh, using our imagination. Let's look at it says in 416. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. First, you need some mercy. Why do you need mercy? Because you haven't done the right thing all the time. Amen? Right. I'm sorry to say that. You know, I'm just letting you all know. We're still a million miles away from where God wants us to be, but we're, we're striving. Even Paul said the things I want to do I don't want I'm not doing the things I don't want to do that's what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, who who shall deliver me? He said, "Come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time in time of need." Let me ask you something. How can you go boldly into the throne of grace? Where is this throne of grace anyway? It's in heaven, right? Now how am I going to get to heaven from here? <laughs> Our heart, our imagination, we have to imagine God being uh, us going into the throne of grace, into into his heavenly realm, right? And believe that our heart and our spirit is going with him and he's meeting us and we're there in the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I can feel his presence even right now as we're talking about it. He wants to come and visit us. He wants to bridge that gap and be with us. But he wants our thoughts and our thinking to be towards him. I can only imagine, praise the Lord. So you ever have like crazy dreams and you wonder where do these dreams come from? Amen. That means we have to purify our minds and our heart. The Bible says the blood of Jesus purges our conscience from dead works. Mm -hmm. But that means you have to be in the Word of God and let the Word of God take hold of you because things that we watch, the things that we give our attention to, they will influence what our imaginations are. Amen. Amen. Like some people imagine, I used to imagine that I was going to be a baseball player. Well, that, that went down the tubes. I <laughs> also wanted to be a race car driver. I also wanted to be a game show host. I mean, All these things I'm doing right now. <laughs> when, I, when I drive in the car, I increase my wife's prayer time. She said, how could you, how could you make a lane right there? There's no line in there. How can you leap over a curb like that while you're talking on the phone? I go, God has graced me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're imagining, they will influence what manifests in your life. If you believe it, you shall receive it. Praise the Lord. So we have to be spiritually minded. It will produce peace and life. So last scripture, and I'm going to ask you to participate it's in Zephaniah 3.17. Let's look at this. It says, The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will rejoice over us with gladness? I thought he was judging us. No, no, he's rejoicing. He's- a good father, he's rejoicing over us with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. In other words, you feel like, I'm not good enough. I, I, I don't know, Lord, I can't be perfect. He said he's going he's gonna to quiet you with his love. It's okay. I'm with you. I'm going to love you. I'll guide you. He will rejoice over you with singing. What are you talking about? He's singing? He's singing over us? We never hear that. Okay, let's look at the definition. Rejoice means to be glad greatly. To leap for joy, to spring over thee with joy. What this is a rejo- This is what God's doing over us? I thought he was stuck on the throne. I thought he couldn't move. I thought he was, he, I, I'd like to joy I'd like to dance with you, but I can't move. No. He said, I invented dancing. I dance. Joy means to have mirth and gladness. To dance, to go in a circle, to exalt, rejoice, to spin around under the un- under the influence of emotion. You got any emotion in you? You got any passion? You got any love? Oh, I was re- reading, so, so God's up there rejoicing and dancing and, and, and singing, and, and we're down here crying and complaining <laughs> and wishing and a- hoping. And he said, why don't you dance with me? Why don't you be a part of what I'm doing? Join with me as I am rejoicing over you. And then it says, singing with loud shouts of triumph. We don't serve a quiet God. What did he tell the children of Israel when they're going around the walls of Jericho? Shout, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. One of the guys said, well, we don't do that at our church, brother. You know, we, 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 we try to keep it quiet. Oh, please, give me a religious break, okay? <laughs> Jesus said, I want you to see you shout with the voice of triumph. So let's put it all together, okay? And we're going to do this together. But the Bible says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice. Be glad and greatly making joy and mirth over you, rejoicing and leaping, springing over thee with joy, mirth, and gladness. He will rest in his his love. He will joy and dance in a circle, exalting, rejoicing, and spinning around under the influence of an emotion and singing with loud shouts of triumph. Is that you? Yeah. yeah. Are you born of God? Amen. Let's stand to our feet and let's do that without music. I mean, Ron will come up later, but let's just do that. Imagine, imagine yourself in front of God in his throne room and he says, Can you dance with me? Will you dance with me? And we say, yes, we want to dance with you, Lord. We know that you're going to dance with us, so we're going to dance with you. The Bible says that God first loved us, then we love him. He first dances with us, and we just dance with him. So with your hands raised up, with all of your heart, all of your emotion, just imagine that you're facing the Lord and you want to dance before him, you want to shout with shouts of, vo- of gladness and joy. Father, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, sweet Jesus. We give you glory and honor, Father. We give you praise, Father, for who you are. We rejoice in you. We thank you, Lord, that we can dance with you, that we can shout into God with a voice of triumph. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. You're worthy of our praise. You are the almighty God. We worship you, King. We worship you, Lord God. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We spin around with joy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to the King. Glory to the King. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord God, that you know all things and that you work all things together for our good. We know that you are a loving Father. We thank you, Lord God, that you're rejoicing over us and we rejoice with with you. We dance, haha. <laughs> we dance like David danced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord God. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. You're worthy of our praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Now let that spirit just rest upon you. Let his presence be in you and on you and with you. He knows what we're going through. He's able to make all grace abound towards us. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Here he is. We give you praise, Lord. We give you honor. We give you glory. Praise you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. We can only imagine what it's going to be like when we're with you. We praise you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.